Thanks for tuning in to the Sick Beach Podcast, brought to you by West Crescent Vintage and your host, me, Bree Westry. Sick Beach is where young creatives, movers, and doers come to hang out and talk about their lives and experiences as they set out to achieve their goals, no matter how unconventional the method. Stick around, because it's going to be sick. episode of the sick beach podcast where creatives movers and doers come to hang out today we're joined by christopher perez christopher is a super talented artist graphic designer and environmentalist he has designed for copper magazine students for sustainability and west crescent vintage he's also been a creative director for copper magazine bringing the fashion of the racing culture to life um, and recently he has jumped into the music world his first project dropping on soundcloud what it's great to have you chris Hello. Hi, thanks. What's up? Not not much. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's really nice to have you on here just because I'm like, wow, one of my best friends finally like on this podcast. Um, so like I always do with all of my guests, we're going to start at the very beginning. So um, honestly, I don't think we've like always like ever talked really about this, like growing up actually in San Antonio. Like, so just start at the very beginning. Like, what do you... What do you remember growing up? What were you getting into? What were you doing? Oh, man. Oh, shit. Like, as a kid? Yeah, as yeah. As a kid growing up? Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, well, I live, I basically stayed at my grandparents, like, after school every day. Or, like, every day with my cousins. So, and we were, like, near the same age. So, we, uh, most of the time, it was, like, I would, like, ride my bikes with the other neighborhood kids and go hit up somebody's trampoline and... Or my grandma lived like right by a creek mm-hmm. um and so we would like play there and we would basically try to like build dams on the little creek with rocks you know and then uh at one point my cousin got a, a four-wheeler and then we started kind of driving that around in the streets and that was a good time because then they also had a dirt bike um mm-hmm. <clears throat> just a lot of a lot of that shit, but put it in like an inner city setting. So yeah. I lived, I lived like right inside, uh, like I, is it I ten? Yeah, like right inside I ten. Like deliberately, it's literally like, think, I would say less than five minutes to get into like big city downtown. So, I don't. Know, I was really close to big big buildings and shit but mm-hmm. I was always outside we built like a little dirt dirt bike track in the backyard of somebody's house yeah so I'm already you know teasing in like my later questions I'm already seeing like where you're saying <clears throat> well, racing culture has come into your life and then also just being outside so would you say that love of nature stemmed from just always being outside as a kid or was there just like something extra that you always just felt special about nature um well, I mean, I want to say yeah. That's the most most part because like a lot of the, a lot of the more better like better memories that I have of being a kid kind of all came come from being outside at some point. It's like you know, I was at a beach with family or like I built my we built forts 
in like a sunflower patch. That one was actually kick ass. Imagine like an entire side of, of a like a side of land just covered with like really tall sunflowers. sunflowers. I don't think and I've ever seen like, sunflowers like in like a field in person. I don't think I've yeah, ever seen that. It's like it's cool. They uh, they bloomed it like near near like near our grandma's place again and she has like and it was like a big patch and um at the time we had a bunch of cardboard boxes so I kind of just like laid some out and then built everything around it. I rolled in the tire and used it as a chair. It's like my little hut. <laughs> But then uh, the city mowers came in and fucked it all up, and then it just looked empty. <laughs> um, okay, so my next question is, when did art become a focus in your life? Because we're talking, I want to stay away from, like, college time, even though, like, I want to, like, talk and point out that I've known that you've always been, like, interested in art, even though it wasn't your focus initially in school. Yeah. So when did it come about in childhood um well as a kid it was I it was mostly my sister at first because my sister was my sister seven is seven years older than me so when I want to say when I was like in the fourth or fifth grade she was like in late middle school going into high school and she was already taking like art classes and she was really into it and she's and she was actually really good like in terms of being like a artiste like wise I feel like she's stronger at it than I am mm-hmm. it's like however she this is something that she didn't pursue but uh, that kind of got me interested in it when I started so when I went to middle school I kind of got into art classes and I was only able to take it for sixth and seventh grade because art was seen as one of those uh, one of those classes in public schools where it's like an easy like, just get by. You know, mm-hmm. you, just, you just get into, like, draw and do nothing. Yeah. But, um, but those, well, while in middle school, I took it and I got into the advanced art class. All right. Like, by the end, like, by the end of it. And then um, I transferred into high school and then I didn't, I couldn't take it again. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I, then I was, like, in band. So I was playing music and then I took music theory and production. Like then I started getting dabbling in that shit, and then I walk, and then college. Yeah, talk about wait, talk about that a little bit, cause like I don't know, I've never seen you pick up your. I mean, you didn't play it at all in college when I was no. around. So like, I was like, I mean, I'm not. Gonna... Talk about music, Chris. I want to know about you, band, Chris. Band, Chris. I mean, band, Chris makes like kind of help me learn a beat. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that was that was gonna happen nonetheless. I grew up with music. But, like, banned me in high school. That was a fucking time. <laughs> I think we all have that. Like, me, theater theater me is a whole other level. It's like, I don't know. It was, it's just weird because band, band culture is awkward. It's very, inter, it's very inter, it's gossipy, it's very, it's intense. And then like the, it's it's it. I I I wish it would be considered a sport because goddamn, <laughs> it really is. Like if you if you really think about it, you have a you you have about a hundred to one hundred and fifty different people on a field carrying various instruments that weigh anywhere from ten to twenty pounds, and they have to play them while walking at various speeds on beat 
without running into anybody. And also you have without and including the players, you also have these stupid bitches who flip flags <laughs> and they throw them in the air, you know? And like sometimes you gotta not get hit by them too. So like <laughs> Yeah. It's like so it's basically you gotta run around on the damn field. Should be in the Olympics is what you're saying. Play the yeah. song. I mean not the fuck <sighs> I mean they have I would I would say the ribbons. I would I mean, say the thing is is like if you really like, if you get really technical about it and you look into it, it's some shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm. We kinda, didn't have a band at like my school like that, so. Yeah. No. I like that was it was fun. It was it was an interesting time. Like, that's what got me to go to. We had to go to every football game, and and that was just awesome. I was. I mean, you get a free ticket, and you just play all the time. It was fucking great. Watch the finals. You gotta play. Went to playoffs every year, but we lost the first game. <laughs> I mean, like, all right, we're here. Well, like that's like, honestly that's all. all right, let's go home. As an inner city school, that's all you can ask for, man. Like beat everybody in the city, but the moment you start fucking with the people who like the ranchers, you know they they get off of school and then they go back to the ranch and then do work all day. These bitches are built. I'm not even kidding. We fucking went and like you can tell our high school team look like high schoolers, and then you go look at the first team that we're fighting, and. They all look like they're in their mid thirties, and they're built. Like, of course our team's gonna lose. I was surprised we got a, we got one touchdown. That was it. That's that's <laughs> great. Um, I'm pretty sure my high school was undefeated my freshman year of high school, and then like every other year, I don't know what happened. But uh, we, very sad. It's like we we had a very in- we have a very intense rivalry with our with our other high school. Um, and we had won three, well, I was there three out of the four years, and it, the third year got very intense, because, like, Twitter got, like, got heavily involved, you know, the first time shit gets, gets real. Oh, of course. Oh, man, like, people, we were talking shit off the ass, <laughs> and it's like, and then come senior year, you know, it's fi- we final, it's final year, it's the last, I think it was the last game, it was, a. Uh, Final quarter, we were tied, and within the last two minutes, the our rival school fucking makes a touchdown. The up by one, so we go. We only got a minute left, right? And we're this, and we have, and we got the ball, and we got, and we intercepted it, and we're going back from the twenty yard line from our end. So this fucking guy runs eighty yards down, and we get with this other bro just throwing the ball at the 50-yard line. So it's, like, from the 50-yard line down, the other guy's, like, at the touchdown, and he legit... (sighs) Goddamn. The ball literally (laughs) was in his hand. Like, he was in the air and getting tackled by two two guys, and the ball was in his hand, but he couldn't grip it. So we fucking lost. Oh. And then beneath, but then right after that, like we were like bummed that we lost by like one touchdown. It was so fucking close. It was a good game, but we, it was horrible. You're nah. still feeling it. I understand. What was the worst yeah, part right. is that right after we fucking lost, Edison goes off like the deep end and then starts burning our shit. They like, they got like a bunch of our jerseys and like pissed on them outside of the stadium and then lit them on fire. Like I'm talking mad crazy. You know what I'm saying? So like. Robert was bitching. That's 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 Texas football. <laughs> that's high school football. Uh, whoa. <laughs> it's yeah, fine. Y'all do it on a different level. It was like, yo, 
they, they just want they just wanted to entice fighting and honestly a lot of people were for it <laughs> <laughs> um okay so now let's move to coming to austin how did you end up at st edwards how did you know you wanted to go there or that that was where you're going to be um well i always knew i wanted to leave the school well not leave school i always wanted to leave the city <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like uh but growing growing up, I wanted to, I always envisioned envisioned going to UT. I was like, UT is like where it's at for me. It's gonna be, you know, it's the it's the Texas school. And I'm yeah. like, I mean, yeah, there's A and M, but like, really think. About it. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, that's painful. Yeehaw. Yeah, yeah. it's not. <laughs> it's like not a place to be for me. I was like UT though, but when I. Um, I took when I was taking a class in high school it was like it was like a dual credit so I would take Mm -hmm. the high school and then I would go to UT like twice each semester to like sit in on a class and both and both times it was like the gen ed like gen ed science class but I walked in and it was like 400 students and like that was just a little like it was really overwhelming for me Mm -hmm. at that time and when so when I was like really looking into stuff, I realized that I I couldn't get myself to like work well in the big classroom. Yeah. And then it wasn't. And then I didn't even visit St. Ed's. I just kind of looked at it online for a bit. That's what I did too. And then they had the they had the IG they had that um, IGST major, interactive game studies major for people who don't know. <laughs> But, um, for, for people who don't know random acronyms that we just decide to do. Yeah. So um, they had interactive game studies, which was very fucking narrow for this, like, no, unique for that school. And I was like, ah, that's, cool. that's interesting. So I, after I got in, my architecture teacher, like, decided to just throw a random field trip because he's, he didn't like being in school. So he'd, like, set up field trips or anything. Love so, those professors. Yeah. Man. He was kick-ass. So he took me. So he took me sent to St. Ed's, and that was my first time there. And then I, I like enjoyed it because it was really small, and it was still close to the city. And honestly, it was out of Pepperdine, but California is expensive. Zoe one hundred and one. Man, you know, dude, that was. You gonna put your key around your neck? Go eat some sushi. <laughs> Dead ass. I probably should. You the amount of times I didn't even try key. sushi. I'm pretty sure until we were freshmen in college, though. I didn't. Yeah. That was such a funny experience. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I think I never ate it again. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about um, now you're in college. Uh, being an interactive game studies major, what what was that like point where you were like, mm, this is not what I want to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to hang out with other interactive game studies majors? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, explain. <laughs> like, you want to elaborate? Was, oh my god, they're horrible. <laughs> it's, you know, that, I, no, I, it's, they're not bad. It's just more like. Chris coming hard. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I, I was like, I understood what, it, I finally understood what it meant to be passionate about something, and I was not passionate about <laughs> games the way they were passionate about games. You know, I'm walking in, and I was kind of like, yeah, I grew up on, like, the Dragon Ball Z franchise, you know? I was like, Skyrim was really good for me. That was fun. I put this, like, Kingdom Hearts, the, like, the, like San Andreas, Grand Theft Auto, like, the m- mainstream games, I guess, would be, like, my 
my calling because they were fun. Tony Hawk. Oh, um, yeah. Pretty yeah. fun. Pro Skater 3. Play for days. However, these motherfuckers were talking about games that were like super mine. Like, super niche on Steam, and they got it on sale, and they were, like... And they've play, been playing games, for like, ever, and they, like... They're carrying, like, their Alienware, like, laptops. Or even... Are we talking even bigger? Yeah, even no. Like they, <laughs> three of them had Alienware, and this other dude had, like, another fat-ass laptop. Yeah, like, giant, they're always huge. They're, like, mega... Because I get it. You need all the gaming... Yeah. You need all the chips and stuff and drives, but, like... Yo, this shit was massive. I was like, why do you even fucking say you have a laptop? <laughs> yeah. Just say you got a, a desktop. Just, yeah, just say you got a desktop that you walk with because that shit's fucking dumb. <laughs> but no, it was it would just become a hassle because it would be I would put I would put in an input, but they would like try they would overshadow me just with general knowledge of the games. And it kind of like so it it was always almost weren't a part of the community. Yeah, so. so it was always kind of like, yeah, this this I'm not really fitting in with this the way I thought I would. As like, I, and let me say I went in just wanting to be a world builder, so like I didn't really give a fuck about like character. Well, now I can't I can't really say that. I was <laughs> I was I was about all of it, but the the end goal for me was just to be the guy who like created like all the landscapes and the worlds in the game. Yeah. And then they create the story that goes along with that scenery. So that's where you would say that the first elements of you saying realizing, oh, I want to be the designer. Like that's what that's what I'm trying. Yeah. To, trying to do. So yeah, that's what I um, that's what ended up making me switch. It's like I needed. I was figuring out that it wasn't that I didn't want to. I didn't want to like do it essentially in games. I wanted to. I wanted to be able to, to create and design something. And for me at the time, it was like creating these landscapes in a digital space. But to do it, it was just not going to work for me. Yeah, but it's interesting the way you're putting it like that because it's almost as if. Each project that you design, I mean, you are basically creating a little world. And, like, everything that exists on that paper is, like, that's how it exists. It's like the world. Like, Existing. I don't know. Yeah. That's just it, really cool. Like, just kind of seeing mm. how you've gotten there. Um, okay. So, next, I kind of want to move into more general kind of, like, let's get to know Chris questions. So, I want to know, let's start with, I guess, who. Who has been inspiring you recently, artistically, uh, creatively? Just what, what have you been sticking to recently? <laughs> sticking to? I don't know. So <laughs> um, there's two designers that I follow uh, pretty close. Uh, one is John Booth. He's a, I, I don't know, he's a, he's a, He's a designer. He he works on tech like and he does on, he designs on textiles. He's mm-hmm. he's made like scarves and blankets, but he's also done. Um, he does like fashion sketches. Where is he from? Uh, yeah, blows my mind. Damn it! Now that you like on the spot makes me forget. I believe that he is from the UK. Okay, yeah. I was just wondering if he was American. No, yeah, or... no. He's from he's from the UK. Okay. Um. I'm going to double check that. So asterisk, come back to it later with the correct answer. Um, but anywho, he he has a very uh, 
bright and uh, colorful palette design, and it's really eye-catching with a really simplistic way of drawing. Um, it kind of looks kiddish, but in a very professional way, and I, hmm. it's it's really nice. I, it that has been kind of like an inspiration on how I've been drawing my faces, uh, for a certain for a certain portion, when I like starting out when I was really getting into it, um, I would look at his work and like mimic and try to like alter to see how I can change it into mine. And then another person is uh, Matthew Zimbar. Zim Zimbar, I'm gonna double check this. I want, I want to get this guy right because he makes great stuff. And we hold with our elevator music. Okay, Matthew Zaremba. I, See, yeah, he is another. He's like another desi- designer based out of Boston, or like art artist. But he makes like, he does a lot of like text phrases that go along with um, like little illustrations, mm-hmm. and they have and they carry like they're very simple phrases that carry very deep meaning. And every time I every every time one of his posts pop up, uh, it gets very, a lot of them connect with me very well. So I really appreciate his work. And I try to do, and like the way he describes how he does, goes through his process and stuff is very interesting to me as well. Um, so I try to like follow that. And then there's this one other designer who's like country western. I can't remember his name at the moment, but I want him to give me my Texas Rancher tattoo. Like, <laughs> like I want, I want my cowboy tattoo done by that guy for damn sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's all I can that's like I can conclude and um well okay so we talk about like people that are inspiring you what what in just like general like elements has not been inspiring you whether that's just like a color or like a theme like what have you just been seeing that's like been repeating in like maybe like your work or your your any of your creative endeavors so the majority of my creative endeavors always seem to be in one aspect or another towards like environmentalism mm-hmm. funny enough like I think every project I've worked on has somehow spoken on that subject or if not has been within the element of the of the outside of the environment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know um, but recently it's been a lot of trying to work with like uh, gradients and grains and trying to connect that with um, rhythm mm, yeah it's like I want so I'm trying to see how I can create more depth and create something that has more like a, that does that just doesn't look like it sits on the page yeah because like I've practiced enough with palettes on flats, like on a flat two D surface, and it kind of gets boring. But I'm so I'm trying to like push it further to see how I could just to see how it comes out. No, yeah, that's really interesting. I like how you're talking about like the rhythm because I, I I was at the Museum of Photographic Arts when I was in San Diego, and there mm-hmm. was this really cool um, exhibit there. I don't know if you saw it on my store with uh, it said the photo booth sound booth so as you played different notes in the piano it translated to different sound waves that mm. changed 
the picture, like how your picture came out. Oh shit. And yeah. And I was just like, whoa, like I didn't get it at first. I probably had to do like three different tries. <laughs> Cause I was like, I was like, wait, press what? And then where? And I was like, oh, you like hold it differently. Whatever. I was, it's I, like, I was struggling. It's, it's, it's kind of like the Goonies trying to like play the fucking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I like that. Yeah. I've always like noticed that like your interest in like, textures and like so that that's gonna be cool to see how like that plays out in the future and like see what you do with that um so that kind of goes into like some of your current projects but I want to talk about kind of your method as an artist because I mean people are amazed I think people that don't I guess like draw or necessarily just like can design things like they're just like I don't know how you just put a pen like pen to paper is like is that is it just that for you or like what happens like that you're like oh and this is what i'm drawing or this is how i'm gonna uh, exhibit this um, idea in my head i question myself a lot so generally my process is kind of i'll be fed the information needed for the project in the beginning and I'll probably shit out like 80% of what I want, uh, 80% of like the idea and everything I want within it within the first like two hours. So like 80% of it is broadly stroked out. But then after that, it's, I like set it down basically. And then it's like introspective process. And, like, I would spend anywhere from the next, like, two to three days basically just, like, questioning every move with what's there. And sometimes it's a good thing, and then sometimes it's a bad thing. Just because usually within that time, it's not me... I'm not really moving forward within the work. I'm moving forward, I guess, within my mindset mm-hmm. and what what where you would like it to be yeah so it. like <laughs> I I'll question the so I start off with like positioning color positions great like do I want it to be gradients do I want it to be like uh, color uh, hierarchy uh, plate text placements if there's any uh, graphics where they need to be placed and set um positioning of text and graphics in terms of how it needs to be read and what information needs to get fed first like does certain things need to be bigger or a different color based on like what's needed to be first you know like if like do people need to know about the day that it's going to be done it's like if it's an all-day thing or they need to know about a certain time they need to know like where it's at like I have to think about all of these different things and then if it's and that's usually if it's just for like a like one one signage type deal but if it's like full identities or like it's a um, marketing strategy for something else like that that one just gets written out like my a lot of my sketchbooks have for every two pages of doodles and design like actual design stuff I would say there's like three pages of self me question myself so yeah yeah that's, that's really cool <laughs> so, though, basi- yeah. so basically a ton of questions and then after all the questions are done I basically sit down and I'm there for anywhere from 8 to 12 hours 
And just pump in and just... And it's just getting basically slowly refined. And it's like, I, I've, for, it may not be the best method for a lot of people, and I've been told that it's not the best, best method for me at the time. But for me to do, but... I mean, I've tried other people's methods, and the whole point of this design thing, or just being, a, I guess, being a creative in general, is figuring out how you function yourself, and just trying to make it work. Like I, my only confinement is within the due date. Like, the day needs to get done is when it's gonna get done. The process in the middle of it is gonna be a process in which I need to be able to, to, work on it. You know, like. If you want, uh, give me a day for you, for me to give you like a final submission before, and I'll get it done. Like I, I just need the time in between, to be able to be as open for me to be able to like, clearly refine and do everything in one go. Cause like I love being able to just like sit there because once I'm into it like I'm into it and it prevents burnout too it's like it's not like you're sitting there working on it when it's like it's not the time it's not it's like it just creatively yeah. and in the momentum it's like it's not the moment and it's like it. I I think it's hard to like it's hard to explain the the feeling and the connection that you get into doing some of the work it's like you know because the thing is, is like I you spend a lot they spend a lot of time thinking about how you want to get it done so you want to be able to properly output what you've been you know cooking up for the past two days you know what I mean and for me to do that for me to do that it takes me sitting down having two a can of yerba on the table with another one in the fridge <laughs> and just like playing music all day and being like alone like at, at that time like I'm basically just like in business no like I'm not doing anything with anybody. I'm not trying to do anything else. Like, I'm literally just on my computer all day working on that. And for me, that's fine. Like, I like being it because I can build, like, 60 copies of the same thing within that eight hours. And there is a final refinement. You know what I mean? It's not like a... It's not like a willy-nilly fast-paced... Like, I just got a slapper on there. It's interesting to me, you know? It's, yeah. it's like... I, I feel like that... That's what needs to keep you, needs to be exciting. And for me, that's what makes it exciting. Yeah. So another, I guess, aspect of your design process now that I want to get into is the fact that you're designing, constructing, building, music, producing. Where did this come from? I want to learn more about it. Oh. Well, the thing is, I fucked around with, I took, okay, so I took music theory in high school and then I also took music production and then I was in band so like I knew a lot of I knew, I, I know the you, majority, knew, you knew the four yeah the, like, the foundation you foundations had. I knew like major triads like and I knew how to like create it I got bored so I was like my like let's just see let's just see how it goes and what we can do and yeah, I, I love that. fucked around with like bro like broken loops and then just kind of like alter them from there mm -hmm. and then made the made what I call sun project mm -hmm. number one because like it was a sunny day and I was just trying to see what it would what, what happened it's, and were you 
when you were picking out, I guess, like, what elements you wanted, were you like, okay, I want this kind of, like, jazzy feel, more electric? Like, how are you picturing it, like, when you were building it out? Like, what um, were you looking for? I, I basically just took the, some, like, a lot of the sounds that I enjoyed from different songs that I've been listening to and then tried to, like, combine them and try to, like, mimic a style in that certain direction. Mm-hmm. So I was like, li- so I was listening to the Maria's and Disclosure at okay, the same yes, time. Okay, yes, yes. And then I was listening to French, like, indie pop. Okay, yeah. It's like, so there's a lot of synth in there, mm-hmm. and that was really nice, but then it was, like, fast and slow. And it and it was a good way for me to, like, greet, like, just, like, re- reintroduce myself to the um, to the software because I mean it's mm-hmm. this it's almost the same but it's been a couple of years so like updates and shit um, so it was just fun to like try to like remember how everything was and see how it fits and then um, the second go around I tried making notes myself and then now I'm just by now I'm just letting it sit I'm trying to see what what else I can do with it but um, now that I know I'm kind of like interested in it again I have a lot of I mean I have a lot of friends who play music mm, and yeah, it's like yeah I miss playing music and I mean I played the trombone but like nobody's yelling out for like yeah let's just like <laughs> let's have a group session the trombone guy come through <laughs> and so you know I, I would and I've always wanted to pick up another instrument anyway it was like I was just too poor at the time to like try to afford another one so I was like yeah. you know you get that one for 20 bucks yeah. Rent it out for the season. Like, bitch, let's go. And, and I mean, I'm, I met the best people through that, so it's chill. But now I want to learn how to play, like, I want to learn how to play the guitar. And I also want to learn how to play the piano. Because I just know a bunch yeah, of Yeah, no, I miss, I got just to the, through the basics of my guitar, which I definitely have, like, lost and um, my uncle was teaching me it. But, like, piano is something I miss playing because I was playing piano, like, starting when I was, like, Probably, my parents were teaching me the basics around like one or two, and yeah. so. But, man, yeah, that's one thing that I hope in my adult years now I'm like, get back into it, just like keep it up. That's intense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm I'm basically just trying to learn the guitar first so I can just take it with me. Cause it's, you it's, can honestly visualize it's, it's the guitar on the piano. I mean, like yeah. a lot of people like will just flip those two back and forth in terms of like how though. It's like. I want to, cause I want to learn how to play the guitar. That way, I can learn how to play that little. Um, it makes the coolest fucking noise in the world. It's uh, you know, you know that scene in Ed and Ed and Eddie where like they built this scheme to make basically like a little sailboat, and they're like making it tropical themed, and they make Ed play this fucking instrument in the. I don't remember that exact. No, no. I was like, okay, well. In the episode, he's they're going down this river and like it's like supposed to be this tropical paradise thing, and they're like telling Ed to play this instrument, and they don't think he's gonna play it that good, and all of a sudden he just goes fucking off, and think um, think like the beach sounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That like inst- cowabunga kind yeah, of like yeah. that instrument is what he was playing, and he was playing it like super, like really fucking good, and it sounds awesome, and I want to be able to play that, but 
that instrument is just kind of like a flat guitar. So I'm like, well, if I learn how to play the regular guitar, maybe I can just like transfer it over. Translate, yeah. And also because like I think Spanish to Portuguese. Exactly, and also <laughs> kind of like the guitar seems to be less expensive than what that fucking instrument. Because like. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm looking at it, and I'm assuming I'm like, okay, well, a lot, a lot of people play that, and that kind of looks like a lot to make, you know? Like a guitar, you can find a cheap one, I guess, but. Uh, of <laughs> whatever oh, that is a fucking table guitar that makes <laughs> wavy sounds <laughs> seems more expensive <laughs> less oh portable God. okay so let's move into you working for copper we're gonna break this up into two different sections so okay first it's working to design the magazine so how does that like work for you? I know like uh-huh. you and Hank like had like for at least for this like like season we're like up that that was like a all night like endeavor for y'all. But in Hell terms yeah. of like it was fun though. How how did you find like placement in like that process of like where you were printing photos or like how you wanted to use like text space and things like that? Oh, um, in I am a grid guy. I. Like everything's to a T is down to a grid when on when it comes to making when we came to making the magazine, cause, uh, like, it was a, we had a I had a simple structure set up for each page, and then it allowed for a lot of uh, allowed it allowed for uh, I would say constricted creativity because we were on the timeline so I knew we had to be able to move move through these. Uh, fairly quickly and also be able to have enough room to be creative on the placements Mm -hmm. so building these grids for me building the grids beforehand was just like a is a good time for me because I'm I'm like a low-key perfectionist when it comes when it comes down to it so that just helps out a bunch and it really allowed us to be able to like place things in certain areas and understand that it's going to that it'll, it's consistent with the rest of the magazine. There's not, like, it can look, it can visually look drastically different, but feel the same when you're looking at it. You know what I mean? You can look yeah. at the page. You can look at a page from the beginning and look at a page, like, you can look at the first spread and then compare it to a spread in the fourth one, and they'll be completely. They'll feel nearly different, but there's just something about them that connects and that's what we were trying to do with the magazines to be able to just go through it and feel this connection through these various different topics and scenes that we had created throughout the semester and i mean i feel like we did we did a good job with yeah, that yeah so. no it, and then so i mean hello you were creative director this time yeah cover cover shoot baby yeah. Uh, let's talk about, I mean, we already got a touch, like, of, like, where racing culture came into your life, like, growing up and, like, being on, like, on these, like, four-wheelers and these, like, bikes and things like that. So, it's, like... It's fun. Yeah. So, um, what brought that interest into, like, why am I, why do I want to explore this in the fashion side and especially, like, fashion photography and, like, documentation and things like that? I was like, well, um... I would just guess they have to come down to like how I how I am as a person. So you look at today's trends on like what's what's popular in culture at the moment with amongst people our age and it's very much this skater lacks culture that 
like has been far aligned with skateboarders and everything for the, to the T like for the longest time mm-hmm. and it's becoming like very popular right now so everybody's uh, a thrasher thrasher kid yeah. yeah and see and the thing is, is like I'm not even a thrasher kid and I know I'm not a thrasher kid I don't wear the shit yeah I was like I just did I, that just wasn't me at the, you know but mm-hmm. the thing is like understanding is like it's just a they wear it without like any connection to it whatsoever. They just wear it as a style, and to a degree, I can respect it. But at some like the style for me, can, it has a connection towards something more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I exactly. could, like I, a lot of the clothes that I wear now is the same clothes that I wore when I was a kid. Oddly enough, it's like so. I mean, I wear. A lot of the clothes that I wear that looks like it would... A lot of the clothes I wear that's popular now was not popular when I was wearing it. Or, like, it was just a regular shirt back then, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wasn't getting compliments for it because it was just a fucking t-shirt. But now you wear it and all of a sudden you're like, wow, you're this skater hipster fake ass, you know? <laughs> it's like... I want that drawn in illustrator, please. <laughs> please do that. It's like... Okay, man. I don't know. And it's just really off-putting because I... Like, there's also, like, a certain connection with people who dress that way because usually they have a similar background or at least can find some connection. And, you know, it's... It's not the same if you just... I don't know. It's just weird. It's, like, there's no... You don't connect it to, like, the actual racing at, at all, like... I doubt anybody tries to watch any racing stuff. I mean, like, no. it's interesting. Yeah. I was like, I feel like I always feel like I feel weird because I, I like it's like nobody likes watching NASCAR, but NASCAR's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> the twenty four hour Le Mans was like. That's oh my gosh! Oh, crash- I remember when I asked you when you were going um, to Paris and like, oh my god! I mean, like when you're going to like good friends in general, like, and I was like. Oh my gosh, are you gonna be there for the races? I really wanted to go, and we couldn't. And I'm like, so sorry. No, brings up bad memories, tears. Yeah, no, it was just I was like I, I kept on wanting to go to the racetrack in Lyon, but um, every weekend was booked with like tr- like trips to go to other places and like excursions with the university. And also, I don't, I don't know. I that one was a speed. That was a speed hurdle for me. I think it was just like, I had the opportunity to do it one weekend, but just decided not to end up staying at my uh, host family's house that weekend. You know, fuck, I was just fucking tired. <laughs> I get it. You know, sometimes you're just tired. Like, I, like I was, tr- I was just trying to pack like so much in, like on this coming. I, I just didn't know I was going to do it again, so I'm just like, ah, oh, let me, like, pack it all in. But luckily, I had the chance to go visit the, like, uh, the auto, like, the race automobile museum in uh, Brussels. And then uh, I went to a private dealership, a private private exotic dealership Ooh. in Berlin with, Jer- with, uh, with Jonas. And that was, that was really cool. So I was like up. I was like up front with like, like, like these really nice. Yeah, like these. saying like we had Diablos. 
and then they had like the um there was like four McLarens in the building and I really didn't understand. There was <laughs> I really didn't understand. <laughs> but it's like there there and the thing that freaked me out the most though is that there was a a Kyongsen there. It's, you are speaking another literal it, language to it, me, but it's just a it's just a hypercar. Like it's just okay. an extremely exotic car and they make like they make very few. But there was there was a there there was one in that motherfucking private building <laughs> and I I was just very I don't know can you, you you know how you get starstruck by like a person you can get starstruck by a car <laughs> so that's that's what just happened to me I didn't expect to see it that was like <sighs> there you there. are yeah. yeah, I was like South Park moment. <laughs> it was like they, it was so cool. They had, they have, they had this one Beamer that um, was not even like made in production that big. That was there. It was pretty cool. It had Lotus and like extremely rare Mach ones, uh, Mustangs there. That was pretty. It was just so nice. Yeah, and it was a great time. I, like I've always like cars are just so cool. I just need a. I need to invest in my in that more. Learn more about it. <laughs> um, okay, so um, we're getting ready to wrap up here. So uh, one of my last questions to you is, uh, what do you see happening next? And that's not has to be like some ultimate question of like, what if, what's the next move? But like, do you see yourself maybe saying like, oh, I want to try to just like branch out more like freelance more am I just like oh I need to still get in touch with myself creatively and just like still kind of just you know understand more of myself as an artist and what I want my general self to be but Mm. how how are you seeing your next moves and your next steps well um I want to say well what I do know is that moving forward I'm just trying to push myself now just into like professional work mm-hmm. as like, I think I've I've spent enough time trying to like build a general foundation of what I want to lead my artistic form towards what I want to what I want to be able to present visually I'm starting to understand like I'm better understanding my strengths and weaknesses but I need to be able to uh, put them in a position of actual um use use to where i can refine them a lot more so i'm looking i'm looking more into being able to just try to get into more professional work uh just trying that out um but in terms like creative wise i see it's i see that lasting for a bit just until i transition into um, into more more environmental science stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm looking more into graduate schools for, like, landscape architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to put the creative processes and uh, design elements into how we can create a better future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so... Save us, Chris. Save us. It's like, <laughs> I don't... I, 
plan to help as best as possible. As you can. I get you. Yeah. So I know. I'm not trying. I'm not putting it on. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, I'm gonna. Hold on. Wait a minute. I was like, I'm gonna do the very best I can, <laughs> but it's gonna be like a group effort. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was like I think that's been another kind of big thing is going through this. Is it's coming in? It was more of like just trying to create a better future. But as I come, as I'm going through. As I went through through college, and I'm like near the very end again, it's like I know I know I'm gonna be fine, but I understand that there's a like way larger cause that needs to be dealt with, mm-hmm. and it just seems luckily enough that my uh, what I like lines up with it, you know. So yeah, landscape architecture just seems to be the best thing. It's like why do it digitally if I can do it in real life, you yeah. know? And That's then, cool. yeah, regional planning maybe after that. No longer building shrubs and games, building shrubs and shrubs. Yeah, dude, but like <laughs> planting shrubs, building trees, making like affordable cities, denser, nicer, cleaner cities, wonderful yeah. cities, clean, clean water, clean air, save our earth, damn it. <laughs> Help. <laughs> and um, so the last question is the question that uh, I asked to all my guests. Um, so it's if you were giving advice to somebody that was trying to do what you were were doing. So that's saying like wanting to be a graphic designer, wanting to be, um, you know, an overall just like general artist, or you know, in the environmental side of you, like just what, what, what are what what do they have to do? Like not saying that they have to be successful, but. What do they gotta start doing? And follow fulfillment. That's what I have to say to that. It's like I think that's a, I think that's been like the biggest uh, calling sign for me. Is like I need to find fulfillment within what I do. Uh, it's like so for me, artistic wise, I want to be able to design and create, and that's what graphic design led me to graphic design. But I also like science, but I like and I like being outside. So you know it's literally environmental science for me as like I listen but follow my own uh, be ruthless with what you want to be what you want to do and what you want to be allow yourself to relax I guess from time to time because sometimes you you might overthink it and you just get overwhelmed it's pretty I don't know yeah, that was pretty good advice, yeah, though. Just, yeah. like, smooth sell, dude. Like, all I... Yeah, I feel like I'm saying like a lot right now. I know, but you're just trying... Yeah, you're trying to get all the feelings out all, there. Yeah. All the advice, like, all the feelings. I get it. All I can say is that the big best thing that you can do is, like, whatever makes you, you yourself feel more... Uh, makes you feel more, I should mm-hmm. say, in the end. Because, yeah. you know, if you... It's, it's the feeling that kind of leads you towards the next thing. And sometimes it's for better, and sometimes it's for... And it's not even for worse. Sometimes it's just for another learning learning lesson. But, you know, it's yeah. like, that's the best part about it. That's just life, you know? You just think. It's all a game. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us, Chris. I'm so happy I finally got to shoot this episode with you. Yeah, dude, for sure. I let it sizzle for a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, but bye, guys. See you next time. Goodbye.